welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 83 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I am a weight loss coach for physicians, and I specialize in helping physicians get control over stress or emotional and binge eating. These are difficult issues that traditional diets don't actually help. It takes a different approach, and it takes really understanding why those eating behaviors are there in the first place to find lasting control over them totally possible to find it. And when you find it using these tools, it becomes simple and easy to just let go of the emotional or binge eating behavior. If that sounds interesting to you, check out uh, my website at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab. You can book a free one-on-one introductory session with me where we could chat about what's going on in your life and talk about how I might be able to help you. That's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab. All right, guys, I have a treat for you. Today, I have Dr. Sonia Wright with me. Dr. Wright is a radiologist. She is a certified life coach and she is a sexual therapist. uh, And she coaches physicians on owning their own sexuality. And I asked her to come on this podcast because I think this is a really important topic. I think when we are dealing with weight and when we are working on uh, losing weight, uh, that is often coupled with body image issues and it often can end up getting tied up with uh, sexuality where it becomes difficult to be sexual and to enjoy it because of the body image and all the other stuff that might be going on. And as I've talked about before, a really good place to lose weight from is a place where you actually love yourself exactly the way you are. Uh, And owning your own sexuality and enjoying your sexuality is an important part of that, which is why I asked Dr. Wright to come on. Now, as this discussion is about sexuality, uh, I think it's important to realize that we are going to be talking about sex. So if you do normally listen to this with your kids or where other people can hear it, you may want to leave this one for some time that you're listening alone. All right, without further ado, let's get to the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Sunia. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I am great, Siobhan. Thank you so much for having me. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background uh, before we get going into everything else we're going to talk about. Sure. I'm Dr. Sonia Wright. I'm a radiologist. I'm a life coach and I'm a sexual counselor. So I bring that all together and I work with my clients as the passionate physician coach. And I'm basically, I have a mission, you know, the mission is to end the shame and pain and isolation associated with sexual difficulties and to help women to embrace their sexuality and create the sex life of their dreams. That's kind of like what my mission is. Fantastic. And I think this is a really important topic for my listeners, because as you know, the people listening to this podcast are dealing with weight in some way. And 
that really can impact sexuality. Uh, when people have weight issues and the body image issues that often come with that, often sexuality is something that kind of gets left behind. And um, I think this is a really good topic to talk about. So tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I work <laughs> with my clients all the time. Your body is beautiful at this point. It, it's perfectly imperfect. It's just beautiful and gorgeous. And you get to explore your body. You get to be proud of your body and you get to love yourself right where you are now. And you can be on your journey to lose weight. But at this point in time, this is the body that you have, right? And you are a beautiful sexual being and you get to explore your body and you get to share your body with another person. But if you have concepts that you're not beautiful or sexy or whatever, that is going to block your ability to enjoy yourself sexually and to express yourself sexually and to share sexual intimacy with another person. You know, your biggest sex organ is your mind, right? And if your mind is not engaged, then there's going to be some issues there. So I work a lot with my clients on this to get them to see that they're beautiful just as they are now. And yes, if they want to lose weight and they want to get healthier, go for it. But that doesn't mean you should wait until you some some perfect size or something before you would uh, engage in and be a sexual being that you're meant to be. Exactly. And I think this, you know, on a global body image level, this is true in that if you think that you're waiting until you're a certain size or things fit a certain way or that sort of stuff, it, that point generally never comes because even when you get to a smaller size, if your brain's used to picking apart your body and using that as reasons why you can't, you know, enjoy a good sex life or enjoy your body, it will find those reasons at a smaller size. It's not that the weight loss gets rid of that thinking pattern in your brain. Exactly. It's not like a magic wand, right? It's not suddenly you get to the perfect size six and you're ready to weigh that wand and now you're going to be in negligees all day long and having sex morning, noon, and night, right? <laughs> you have to start where you are right now and work and process and figure out how you're going to be proud of your body, how you're going to realize how amazing your body is right now and process and work with it and changing your mindset if you need to and your thoughts so that as you process and you're losing this weight, then you are getting to that place of owning your sexuality and accepting that you are a sexual being all along. It's a process, right? Just like losing weight is a process, changing your mindset about sex and sexuality, that's also a process too. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about why it's important. Like why being a sexual being and owning your sexuality in whatever form that is, why that's important to do as just part of a, a health uh, measure or part of living a healthy life. Yeah, you know, to be a whole person, it includes being sexual, right? It's a human right to express your sexuality and to have sexual intimacy with another person or with yourself. This is just like a basic part of being a human. So if you're not tapping into that part, then you're blocking off something. You're not whole, right? There's a part of you that's being blocked off and you're not experiencing all the experiences that you get to have as a human being, right? In this world. So it's something that's important. It's something pleasurable. It 
we are people that like to connect with each other, right? Human beings like to connect. And this is another form of connection. And so you're allowed to experience this and you're allowed to have this sexual pleasure. It's part of who you are as a human being. And I think what you said there is important too for that it's not always sexual activity with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Sexuality includes yourself and because not everybody has somebody else or not everybody feels comfortable with the somebody else, right? Yeah, definitely. I always say that your best lover is yourself, right? That's that's your first lover in life. You should be there for yourself. You should love yourself. You should have that intimate connection with yourself first before you're engaging in sexual intimacy with anybody else, right? One thing, having self-love is something that's very important, self-esteem, self-love, but then also in terms of just knowing how your body works, it's part of owning your sexuality. Nobody else can tell you what stimulation you like or, or how you like to express yourself or how you come to orgasm. You need to know about your body and your body kind of changes over time too. So it's this process of continuously learning and self-pleasure is part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that I was thinking about while you were talking is the loving yourself now and enjoying yourself and the body that you're in right now and embracing it often that puts you in a better position to actually do the things that you're trying to work on, like work towards the goals of weight loss and, and eat healthy because it's coming from a place of caring instead of that place of, um, you know, dislike or shame or the place that often we come from when we're trying to uh, change our habits or work on our weight. Um, And so I, I see, you know, embracing sexuality and really working on this as a really good tool to put you in a good mindset to be able to do all the other stuff consistently. Yeah, it's so true. You can't do anything you want to do in life if you're abusing yourself mentally, right? If you're coming from a place of um, self-hatred or dislike, then it's it's almost like an uphill battle because you have to, you're battling against your own thoughts to even start to work on whatever issue you want to work on, be it owning your sexuality or losing weight or whatever. But if you're constantly beating yourself up emotionally, that's so much more work that needs to be done. But so if you can work on this to get to a place where you just love yourself unconditionally, and I know this is not easy. You know, we all work on this continuously, but at least get to a place of neutrality. And and it's so much easier to to take that energy and work towards what you want to do instead of having to use that energy against yourself in this constant internal battle that you're going on. Yeah. So Absolutely. coming from a place of self-love is kind of the, the first foundation. And, you know, when you get to that perfect weight and size, you're still going to have problems. Like it's, it's not like everything suddenly disappears, right? So learning how to love yourself now and recognize, and give yourself grace, right? Because when you get to that, that weight that you want to be, you're going to look around, look around and be like, oh, I still have problems. I still have to deal with this. There's stuff that I still need to process and everything is not miraculously wonderful. Yeah. Skin being one of those (laughs) is sometimes unexpected, right? Like when we're, if you're losing a significant amount of weight and you kind of picture this like perfect body, number one, bodies are never perfect or rarely perfect, right? But a significant weight loss brings its own things and, and skin and things not sitting in the same positions that they may have once sat, <laughs> similar to childbirth. Yes, exactly. Uh, is one of those things that comes with weight loss. Uh, 
especially like if you do have a significant amount of weight that you're losing and you lose that weight, that's great. But there are things that you, you are also going to have to have the skills on figuring out. Um, and, uh, and those take some time too, right? Yeah, it's very true. Like I work with my clients on the body image side of things, like right where they are right now. And right going along with that is actually working with them to understand and appreciate the beauty of their vulva. Cause that's another area that is not as loved as much on the female body just in general, right? Mm -hmm. And so working with my clients to get them to understand that you're beautiful right now and you're sexy Mm -hmm. right now, just the way they are, is almost a similar process that I have to go through when I'm like, okay, we're going to look, you're going to look in the mirror at your whole body. And then at some point, I also give them homework to look in the mirror at their vulva and to write down their thoughts about these two things. And when they're looking at their bodies, I'm like, what parts of your body do you like? Because it's usually a part that people like. And then, then I go on and I, what parts of your body do you not like? What are your thoughts about that? You know, can you come to some place of appreciating your body? And then like, what are all the amazing things that your body have done? Have, if you've given birth and, and uh, been pregnant, then you have created life within your body, right? Your body mm-hmm. is so strong that it's created life and you've been able to birth life. If Just being a physician, the the stress that we put on our bodies day in and day out with our, our work schedules, our sleep schedules, and our body gets up every day and does it again. It says, okay, here we go. So I focus with my clients on the strength and the beauty that is your body right now. And Mm -hmm. then going from that point. So yeah, definitely. And why do you think, because I encounter this too, when I'm coaching clients where body image and accepting our body the way it is, is a really, really hard thing for some people. Um, Like, you know, it's, uh, like you said, it it often takes like baby steps, but um, why do you think it is that this aspect is so hard? We can appreciate other people far easier than what we can appreciate our own. Yeah. Well, I think that part of it is our society and media and this concept of what a perfect body is. And it starts really young, right? We have like eight-year-olds that are critiquing their body, right? So it's something that's ingrained in us from an early age. And there's this concept of what beauty is, right? The average model is five foot 10, you know, and weight is a size two to four, right? Mm -hmm. But the average American woman, and probably similar to the Canadian women, we're like a five foot four and a size 14, right? So there's a big divergence there between the two, right? And if you're thinking that the epitome of beauty and sexuality is five foot 10 and a size two, and, and you're, how many women are actually going to fit that concept, right? Mm-hmm. There needs to be a, a broader range of beauty and acceptance and love. And sometimes we're not going to find that in, if we're looking at society and advertising, because they want you to buy a product, right? In order to buy that product, you have to have this thought in your mind that my body is not right. And so it needs to use this beauty product or whatever it is in order to be better. So we are taught and trained at an early age that, um, that there's something that's not quite right about us. And we kind of internalize that. And I'm asking my clients to, to get rid of that thought and actually see the amazing things about you. And also to recognize that nobody 
is perfect. There's not this ideal perfect thing. Can you get to a place where you just love who you are and this is exactly who you're supposed to be? And then from that place of love, you can decide if you want to get healthier, if you want to lose weight, if you want to exercise more, whatever that choice is. But coming from a place of love and recognition that um, <clears throat> advertisers may have a, an ulterior motive, <laughs> you know, to sell their product and not necessarily to, to advance the beauty that is you. Absolutely. And I think along those lines, an interesting topic is, you know, what does media tell us about sexuality? Like you mentioned, like embracing your vulva the way it is. I think that's a, a big topic that, you know, the vulvoplasties and stuff are one of the most common plastic surgeries performed now because there's this concept that it needs to look a certain way. Right. But I think that extends further into, you know, what does media tell us about sexuality in general as women yeah and you know if you look at that it mirrors because a lot of sexuality is used to sell products in general right you might be trying to sell a car and there's suddenly a sexy woman on top of the car and the concept is what is sexy right and they tend to look a certain way and have a certain body shape and there's not as many um you don't see as many images of all different types of women being sexual. Women are beautiful. All different body types, all different shapes and sizes are beautiful, but that's not necessarily mirrored in advertising. So once again, it's coming to your own and recognizing I am a beautiful person. I am a sexual person and I deserve to express my sexuality and recognizing that once again, you know, it, it's a lot to do with our thoughts and getting back to that place where you own your sexuality and, I, and, and say that you deserve to enjoy sexual pleasure and you deserve to express yourself sexually and you are beautiful just the way that you are right now and enjoy yourself, you know? Um, I, there's some books that I tell my clients about and we talk things through, but just to get to that place of really owning that it's okay to be sexual, owning that it's okay to have the body that you are in. And then very often it, for my clients that are partnered, I, I ask them to talk to their partner because they have a concept that the client has a concept of what their body looks like and that it's not attractive. And the partner is sitting over here with my clients that don't have that much sex. The partner is sitting over there thinking that my, that my client is gorgeous or beautiful or whatever. I, I mainly work with women and, um, but they're not sh sharing this sexual intimacy because there's this disconnect in terms of what the client feels about their body and their sexuality and what um, the, the um, client's partner feels, and then the client is actually thinking thoughts and projecting them onto their partner. So sometimes I have the client sit down and have a discussion with their partner to get a different perspective. And But but the most important thing is to work on my client's thoughts and, and to change those so they can express themselves and enjoy sexuality and pleasure. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, because some women find... Uh, sexuality hard regardless of body size right like sometimes it's related to body image sometimes it's not what are the other things that get in the way of women enjoying their sexuality yeah in terms of what gets in the way of women enjoying their sexuality it goes back to the thoughts right so it may be that um, they're thinking of all the different things that they have to do they have a very busy life right and they have a long to-do list and for them to switch from that to-do list and turn their mind off and to just go into a place 
when you're expressing and enjoying sexual pleasure, you have to come out of your mind and into your body. There has to be a connection between the mind and body and allow it to flow, right? And there has to be a permission to let go of everything else on your plate for a little while and just enjoy yourself. Physicians tend to be more of the type A type of person that has a lot of things on their list to do. They tend to be very efficient individuals, but at the same time, it's hard to let go. And so I work a lot with my clients to allow them to let go. Sometimes it's an issue of control. Sometimes it's an issue of their thoughts that maybe they had when they were, the thoughts that they got from their parents or their family in terms of if they're allowed to express their sexuality. Maybe they heard things when they were a child or when they're a teenager. And then shifting, they have this concept of what a good girl can and can't do. And then you're shifting into adulthood, but you still have some of those old thoughts that you don't even realize you have. They're pretty buried pretty deep. And so sometimes I have to work with my clients on that as well. Sometimes uh, my clients are, most of my clients are mothers. And I find that they have a thought in terms of, you know, mothers don't necessarily have sex or mothers have to focus on their kids and their work and different things and they don't have time to be sexual beings anymore. So things often shift when you go from being just a couple to, to having a family. And then there's concerns that the kids might hear something and, or, you know, am I a good parent if I leave my kids alone for a little while? Or, you know, I don't want my kids seeing me express any type of, of um, sexual intimacy with my partner. So there's a lot of different reasons that I work with my clients to, to figure out what's going on and what might be blocking them for, from expressing their sexuality and having more sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And what's the benefit? Like if, cause you're right that, and I think this is true from, you know, speaking to lots of different friends and stuff mm-hmm. is that generally or often sexuality can get put at the very bottom of the list. Yes. Like usually we're at the bottom of the list. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes sexuality is even lower down on that list. What are the benefits that you see with your clients when they are able to move that and prioritize it further up on the list? Yeah. You know, I work with my clients a lot with switching from what I call to-do list sex over to for you sex. And mm-hmm. in that process for you sex for me, is anything that is, uh, creates more intimacy in your relationship, more pleasure, more satisfaction. It doesn't necessarily have to be penetrative sex, but it does have to be some type of sexual intimacy act that connects people together, right? So in that vein, where we're talking about for you sex, we're also that for you sex is built on the foundation of self-care. So I have to work with my clients to prioritize sex, yes, but to prioritize themselves even higher in all of this so that they are taking care of their needs. Are they getting enough sleep? Are they exercising? Are they having some time for themselves? Are they stopping what we call buffering where they might be watching Netflix or avoiding doing something that they really need to do? Sometimes self-care is the fun things like bonbons and baths, but sometimes self-care is getting stuff done that you need to get done. Sometimes it's saying no, like if there's a lot of responsibilities at work and somebody just wants to pile more work on top of you, sometimes it's having the boundaries to say no. But whatever it is, it involves self-care and prioritizing yourself. And then we look at your sexual needs and making sure that those are met and how you would like to get those. And often I find that people that are engaging in to-do list sex are also engaging in sexual intimacy that doesn't have the pleasure aspect of it. It's more like the efficiency side of things. It's not the focus on the intimacy. It's more of the focus on the efficiency. They're like, oh, oh. check. 
the check mark. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the check mark. I'm like, please, we need to start with the list and the check mark, right? But uh, so I have to work with them to to see the importance of that intimacy in their relationship and to keep that bond strong. Because one day the children will be gone. It, the the demands of their job will be less and they're left with their partner, right? And they're kind of looking at each other, wondering what happened. Where's the communication? Where's the intimacy? Where's the sexual intimacy? So those are the type of things that I work on with my clients, but prioritizing themselves and prioritizing their pleasure. And since I'm talking about pleasure, there is a pleasure gap here, you know, in terms of having sex and penetrative sex and, and sexual intimacy, where men tend to orgasm like 85% of the time, and women are not orgasming as much, right? So they're not having pleasure in this sexual intimacy act, right? So they may not be as interested in in engaging in it. If there's not the satisfaction there for them, then they may not be wanting to really engage in it. And this is how it gets more on the to-do list side of things. So focusing on the pleasure, making a priority, self-care a priority, those are the things that I work on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really... Uh important in that um, it it becomes a self-care activity. And yet for a lot of women, like you said, it's not a self-care activity. It's akin to folding the laundry. Yes. It's on the list that you need to get done or, you know, everybody has in their mind how often that should get done and it carries, you know, when you're not fulfilling that, when you like, just like when you're staring at the pile of unfolded laundry, you start to feel guilty about it. Right. (laughs) And that doesn't help. Um, I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about what normal sexuality is, Mm -hmm. because I think that's a hang up too, for some people is that, you know, is what they're experiencing normal. And, um, and that can be a barrier if you think what you're experiencing isn't normal. Yeah. So that's an interesting, there's no such thing as normal sexuality. Like it's, there's not like this little defined area of what's considered normal and what's not, you know, I don't like to, to put people in a box and say, this is the type of sexuality you should be having, or this is the number of the amount of sex that you should be having a week or a month or whatever. It's, it's different for each person because they're different, unique individuals. Right. So that being the case, if it's like, sex where is it like is it like certain positions are okay and other type of sex acts are not okay what's normal in that way or if it's normal in terms of i have sex twice a week and that's considered normal if i have it twice a month that's not normal i i don't really like the word normal (laughs) because it, it tends to exclude people and it it's um it doesn't allow enough variety if you're happy with what's going on in your life sexually and your partner's happy then that's fine, you know? But if you're at this place where you're feeling that your needs are not being met, or there's something that else you would like to try, something else you'd like to experience, if you're feeling like something is missing, then let's work together, let's, let's talk about it, let's figure it out. But I, I don't like to use words like normal because mm-hmm. there's such a variety. Yeah, and I think it becomes a hang up, right? Like if you yeah. think there's kind of one answer of what it should look like and- right you know, that every episode of sexual intimacy should end in orgasm, like all those things. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why you would engage in sexual intimacy, right? So it could be because you want to get off and you want to have an orgasm. It could be because you want to be closer to your partner, right? There's a lot of different reasons. And it could be the case there, and, and this also gets into your libido issues, you know, and you know about libido issues too, but you get to, 
decide what you're interested in, why you'd like to engage in sex. But I do like to focus on pleasure aspect and the satisfaction aspect. And satisfaction doesn't necessarily need to be, oh, I have to have an orgasm. Satisfaction may be because you're getting closer to your partner and this is something that's intimate. Or satisfaction if you're solo partnered is because you're learning more about your body and you're getting to express your, your sexuality and, and, and to see how amazing you are. So everybody has a different concept of what's satisfying to them and it, it's all okay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all like so important. What do you picture if you were to picture a world where every woman owned her sexuality? Mm -hmm. What would that world be like? That world would be a world of, I think, happier women, right? Which uh, with a lot less judgment about themselves, and and the ability to to say what they would want, how they would want it, when they would want it. You know that that would be what uh, the world would look like to me. It would have, it would be full of women that have an appreciation for their body and want to engage in sex if they choose to, you know, just because you're expressing it on your sexuality doesn't mean that you engage in sex night, morning, afternoon, all day long, right? It, it means that you just get to, when you want to, you get to express yourself and you get to enjoy yourself, just who you are and you're not blocking off a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a nice, nice world, hey? It is a pretty good world. Yeah. What other tips do you have? So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, that would be really nice, but you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, stuck on my, on my body or my size or something like that. What other tips do you have for them to start to find those little bits of movement to get past it? Yeah. Well, I would start with where they are right now. What is it about their body that they don't think is sexual? What is their concept of what a sexual being is? And then I would work towards going towards that, right? So if they think I can't be sexual because I'm larger or something like that, then how can we shift into more of a neutral place? Like people are of all different shapes and sizes can be sexual, right? I am a person, I can be sexual. And, and then slowly shift into my body is meant to be sexual. It's a basic human function, a basic bodily function. I, I get to enjoy this. My pleasure is important. I get to be a sexual person. It's a good thing that I'm a sexual person. I'm allowed to have pleasure. Let me enjoy myself. So, you know, you can go from one aspect to another aspect. And then just looking at your body and recognizing that your body is beautiful, right? And each culture has their own concept of beauty. And, and so if one culture thinks that somebody that's a size 20 is gorgeous and beautiful and sexy and another culture does not, it does not negate one thing versus another. It just opens your mind up to this variety and there's a lot of ways to express yourself. And there's not one true way of being and there's not one true way of being a sexy person, right? you get to choose that you're sexy no matter what, right? And then sometimes I'll just tell my um, clients to Google BBW, like big, beautiful woman, right? And just like images there, because then you're seeing women that tend to be larger that are owning their sexuality and recognizing the beauty that is in their life and that there's, there's variety and as to, as to what's considered beautiful and sexual. And everybody has a right to own their sexuality, to express their sexuality, and to get joy from it, you know, at any size, at any size. Mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect place to, to wrap up on. But can you have a special, um, 
worksheet that you're giving away for people listening to this. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, basically this worksheet is about body image and sex. And I help take you through the different steps to kind of look and see what, what your thoughts are about your body, where these thoughts might have come from. How do you get to this place where you're recognizing that your body is beautiful? And how do you get to express your sexuality? So it's a little it's a letter from me and it's a little worksheet on how to work on body image and sex. And then before we finish, I just want to, um, there's a book out there. It's called big, big love. So if you, um, have, you want to learn a little bit more about body image and sexuality, this one's a great book. It's by Hannah blank. And I can give you that information as well. So we can uh, make that available to people, but whatever it is, if you're able to think of yourself as sexual and beautiful and express that, this is a basic human right. You get to express that and you get to recognize how beautiful you are right now. And I say go out on your sexuality, enjoy yourself. Nice. And for that um, worksheet, if you head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash doctor dash right, which is spelled W-R-I-G-H-T, you'll be able to link to it and get the worksheet from there. And I'll put it into the um, podcast description as well. Where can people find you? Yeah, so they can find me at um, www.soniawrightmd.com. So mm-hmm. S-O-N-I-A-W-R-I-G-H-T-M-D.com. I'm the passionate physician coach. And they can also email me at sonia at soniawrightmd.com. So that's the easiest way to reach me. Perfect. And then if they're looking for me on Facebook, then it's actually the Midlife Sex Coach because I do offer my services to the general public as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. I think this is going to be really helpful to a lot of people. Good. Well, thank you so much for having me, Siobhan. I had a great time. Thank you. Thanks. All right. So tons of information in that. Dr. Wright is amazing at what she does and such a good speaker on the topic of women's sexuality. Make sure you head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash dr W-R-I-G-H-T, Dr. Wright, and it will link to that worksheet that she's giving all of you, which is super nice of her. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out. Send any questions you have or comments to info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. I'd love to hear them. And just remember really globally, the theme of this is be nice to yourself. No matter where you're at, work on being nice to yourself, be compassionate for where you are right now. And that will help anything that you're trying to work on. All right, have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye bye.